So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing episode six of season six of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Jovi tries to convince Yara to chill out a bit, Angela gets her surgery, Mike gets Natalie to sing a sing and dance her apology, Esuelu doesn't like role-playing, Julia already doesn't trust Brandon's friend she just found out about, everyone is confused about Andre's role in the business, and Tiffany and Ronald are building competing nests. We'll be back again next week to cover episode 7. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a 5-star rating. Okay, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. It's almost the end of May. Isn't that crazy? It is. I have graduations next week. You know, we're just wrapping it up in May into June. It's it, it's it's the opposite of last year's um, March, April, May. Those seem to last for just three years instead of three months. Yes. Yeah. But you know what is just getting started is this HEA. So. Whew. Yes, um, for better or for worse, I suppose, huh? So let's. Let, I'm going to start with. Um, I'm going to start with worse. Then um, let's start with because you were you were texting me about how much you hated this guy last night. So yes. it's the morning after Mike and Natalie had a fight in the hotel room, um, and you know Mike is thinking that he that well, Natalie is thinking that Mike owes her an apology because she didn't do anything wrong by accusing his friends of sending nudes. She says that she shouldn't have brought it up. Because it did happen a long time ago. And it, now she's driving out the squim to work things out. One of the mysteries that got solved here, at least, is um, how Natalie was going to get home. Because apparently she has her own truck and her own driver's license. So that wasn't an issue. Um, Mike did not leave her without a way back of all the things he did do. Anyway, when she gets there, Mike says that he left because he didn't like that she was what she was saying at dinner. And is pissed that Natalie keeps bringing up old shit at the wrong time. Notable here is that, you know, what she did accuse him of did happen just like before she was in the picture. She asks him to apologize and Mike says it's you her that should apologize. She does kind of eventually the long winded type thing. But she's all she says that she's always upset that she is the one that has to change to make feet um, peace. She does a forgiveness dance and wants credit for acknowledging that she was wrong. Mike tells her that somehow He'll find a way to accept her apology. He hopes that her words are true and she'll stop bringing up stuff from the past. She keeps asking if, you know, he accepts her apology and he keeps saying, I will soon, but not yet. Anyway, soon it's going to be time for their trip to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving with Mike's mom, Trish. That, of course, is going to be a rocky trip because mom clearly doesn't trust Natalie, even to the point where she tried to stop the wedding. Mike says that mom never told him not to marry Natalie, but just to be cautious, as moms do. Anyway, Mike calls Trish on a video call to check in and discusses the upcoming trip. We hear a little more about their relationship. He was an only child and is still very close to his mom, and she even calls him on his way to work at 4.10 every morning. Mike tells Natalie that uh, he's worried about the trip, and, uh, and that Mike tells his mom that Natalie is worried about the trip to go see Big Bad Mama. But Trish just doesn't want any bad stuff. He asks what's going to be for dinner and, you know, she says, especially if she's going to be making any tofurkey because Natalie doesn't eat meat, only fish. 
Trish says, well, then if that's the case, she better be careful about the water moccasins that might bite her in the river as she goes to catch her fish for dinner because she's not making any fish. So anyway, um, go back to the first part where Mike and the fighting and the the boob picture and things and the non-apologies that didn't get accepted. What do you think uh, Natalie has to do to get Mike to accept her apology? I don't know if she can do anything. I mean, they both were really stubborn. So, you know, I thought that it was nice of Natalie to kind of, you know, try to apologize first. And I think if she is going to be the one that's going to apologize, he should at least be gracious enough to freaking accept that apology, especially because she literally did a song and dance for him (laughs) to uh, accept her, you know, apology. So I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that. She was the only one who had to apologize when he did incorrect stuff, too. I mean, he abandoned her. That was not cool. But instead, he's so stubborn, like, you're the only one who did anything wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to quit bringing up the past. And he's not not right either. But if this is the issue, he needs to talk it out with her. He can't just abandon her. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, I think like the cameras were on. I think my answer to my question, what does she need to do? I think he's like, you need to give me a blowjob first. Like, I think that's oh, what we're, I think that's what was coming later. Right. Because <sighs> he, it is that kind of like situation relationship. And like, I don't like Natalie's attitude of the only reason she apologized for real was to get him to apologize, like yeah. to entice one out of him. Like, well, I apologize to you. So you owe me one. It's like, no. They're independent events. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they happen in the same incident, but you both did separate things wrong. And just because, you know, and just because you're ready to apologize for what you did wrong doesn't mean that you're automatically owed an apology um, if he doesn't feel bad yet. Because I don't like apologies where people fake apologize just to, you know, move along when they actually aren't, you know um, – Penitent, what penitence is the church word for it. You know, they have have no remorse for it, right? They still like, I I still don't think I did anything wrong, but okay, fine, I'm sorry. Like, that's not really I'm sorry, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the problem, too, is he doesn't think he did anything wrong. That's why he doesn't think he should apologize. And just his general attitude is just shit. I don't like this guy. Right, because at the end of the day, the the issue that came up with her didn't actually get dealt with because... Because she half apologized for it to get his apology, which didn't come. And, like, they'd never discussed the issue at all. Like, no. it was just like, I, I, you, you shouldn't bring up stuff, bad stuff. I don't like it. And, we'll, and and I'll consider this a test for the future to see if you'll do it or not again. Like, right. Yeah. Like, what is that about? But I just think that he makes it where it is impossible for her to bring up any concerns because if he doesn't see it as as a concern, then she shouldn't. And then that's the end of the story. Like, he is so stubborn about, no, that's not how it is. And you just don't understand. And I don't care what you think. And Mm -hmm. I just think that attitude just makes for a really shitty partner. And you just need to get used to it. And you just need to be it. Because it is... Probably something that needs discussion if right. like your I mean, I mean, if she sent if, if one of if one of his friends had been sending him nudes in the past. Right. Or if he had mm-hmm. sent dick pics to one of his friends like and you're still friends, you're like, that's probably something we need to like 
at least have a conversation about. Yeah, let's get some context or something. Right, right. I mean, it's like the same thing with like hooking up with people. It's like, okay, okay, that's in your, like, you have a past. I understand that you have a past, but it's like, it can't just be like, well, I demand that before you hear about my past, you are okay with it and you yeah. uh, completely let it go. And it's like, well, I don't know. I, I can't make that promise because, and you're right, because I don't think it's a big deal. I've moved on. And it's like, well, not everybody else has had the chance to do that. Yeah. So then, mom, I just, uh, it made me realize I don't like Mike or his mom. They're like two peas in a pod. Yeah, definitely. I'm having turkey. And if somebody else has a problem with that, fuck them. Like, it's it's the same attitude, right? Right. I have a thing that I think is okay. And if you don't think it's okay, fuck you. Get used to it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that was it was super rude. Like, she's your guest. Like, shouldn't you want to try welcome your daughter-in-law? Most new mothers-in-laws, I mean, would try to be somewhat accommodating. Right. I mean, even if you do, even if it's passive aggressively to try to like win over, well, I'm not the bad guy here. Look how accommodating I was for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but I just, you know, you you hear always hear about Southern hospitality and stuff. And it's like, that means treating your guests right. I don't, it's just crazy to me. It's crazy to me that at all, I would be, if somebody did have a dietary concern from with me that they- Mm -hmm that they mentioned beforehand to just be like, nope, not doing that. Nope. Yeah. You can you can just eat mashed potatoes. That's fine with me. Like out of I don't even know what. Like what what kind of stubbornness is that? It's 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 crazy to me. Like why would you why would you want to have somebody over for a meal and then purposely cook something that they don't want? Yeah, I don't know. Oh goodness. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Kalani and Asuelu. So Kalini and Kalani are on an outing without the babies going to a furniture store. Kalani says she needs to step up her homemaking game. So they're looking for things to decorate their future new home. Kalani points out how gross it is to have a fabric headboard as she proceeds to break a bench simply by sitting on it. She makes an offhanded comment to Kalini about how they need a game room and a sleep room where Kalani banishes Asuelu so he can game in private and sleep there. It ends up that they have one right now and he only comes to their room for conjugal visits. Kalini judges hard as Kalani says, what? Kalani says there doesn't feel like there's any romance and it's like roommates with benefits, but without any real benefits for her at least. Kalani says she doesn't even question this arrangement, but now after hearing it out loud, she wonders. Asuelu just isn't romantic or even tries to maintain their relationship. Kalani thinks that he's never had a good role model for a relationship, and Kalani has tried to teach him what a relationship looks like, but she's beginning to feel more like a mother. Kalini thinks that Kalani deserves to be with someone to make her feel loved, and that's like just a minimum. They both start crying thinking about the situation. Asuelu thinks that they will always be together because divorce is not an option in Samoa. So Kalani believes this is the reason he thinks he can do whatever he wants or just chooses to not do anything at all. Kalani notes that this is a new low, crying on a bed in a furniture store. Later, Kalani and Asuelu have a talk about their marriage. Kalani thinks that they need to rediscover their spark instead of just being roommates that get along. They fold close together as Kalani tells Asuelu that she doesn't feel like there's romance in their relationship. She asks what romance means to him, and he says that they get along and work well together. 
Kalani says that she doesn't see it that way, and she wonders what he thinks of their sex life. He just looks confused. But in the air review, we find out that when they were first together, they were having sex constantly. Kalani says that even though they don't have sex very often now, she handles his business. Kalani asks him what he thinks about role-playing, and Asuelu says it sounds dangerous, and why would you want to pretend to be someone else? Asuelu then asks if she will pretend to be Wonder Woman with Hulk, or I guess he, she thought he said Hawk. Kalani wonders why superheroes. Asuelu just thinks that role-playing is weird. Asuelu's okay with role-playing if they were to role-play their younger selves, where he is the kayak boy looking to take her virginity. Kalani brings up sex toys, which she has to explain what she's talking about, and Asuelu says he will not put his ding-dong anywhere other than Kalani. Kalani says they just need to spice things up. Asuelu thinks it's weird, but if Kalani thinks it's a good idea, then he's willing to go to the sex store. Asuelu, trying to convince Kalani that he's romantic, brings up that he sometimes brings her pizza. And Kalani says, no, that's not romantic because her brother sometimes also brings her food. Asuelu is very annoyed. I know. Asuelu <laughs> is very annoyed that she brings up her brother. And what does it have to do with anything? Kalani yells, that's not romance. Asuelu can't understand why she's talking about her brother, and he tells her that she's annoying as she starts to cry. She tells us that oftentimes they will have a lighthearted conversation, and then the littlest thing will just set him off. So she avoids telling him her real feelings. Kalani says she's tired of crying, and Asuelu yells at her, saying that she is so annoying when she cries, and there's really nothing to be crying about. He says that it's not fair, because anytime he expresses his feelings, she cries. Kalani says, okay, there it is, the old Asuelu. And Asuelu gets defensive and asks why she says stuff like that to him to piss him off. Asuelu says he didn't say anything to hurt her feelings, but Kalani says he doesn't think he did, but the conversation itself is what's upsetting. Asuelu is, is silent for a moment and says that he doesn't know how to fix it when Kalani can't uh, fix it then. Kalani can't see them buying a house or continue a relationship if things are like this. All right. So, what is your definition of romantic? Oh, I mean, besides buying pizza, right? So, we're, we're going on top of buying pizza. Well, frozen pizza, does that count? Or does it have Ooh, to be like... I, I assumed it was like Little Caesars, like hot and ready, like $5 pizzas, <laughs> but I was assuming it was. Um, he didn't plan ahead to do it. He was just like, oh, pizza. Play. I like pizza. Let's do pizza. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it. and he's not wrong in that it's the, it is like the thought, right, that counts. Mm. But like, it, it's also the, uh, I mean, it's a, the thought in a lot of different areas, right? It, there has to be... I don't know. Romance is tricky because it has to be something that is explicitly for you with your feelings in my mind. And like mm -hmm. something that, you know, there has to be this element of sacrifice. He got pizza because he wanted pizza too. Like, come on. Yeah. Right. He goes yeah. and he goes in and what was it? Um, what did what did what did she say? Um, walk in and boink me and then leave. Oh, God. <laughs> right? You can't just walk in. And, he does that because he's horny. Like, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There has to be something where it's like. There has to be an element to it where it's like something special that you're doing for the other person and clearly for the other person um, that, that has to make it romance. I think maybe even adding in an element of, you know, maybe not 
something that is like taking care of the other person because sure. i think that's what she was trying to say with the whole food thing you know right, like right a Suelu equates romance to taking care of you know but you know we would not say we have romantic feelings about like our children right you know like right, but yes, you feed yes. them and you care for them so i think I think what the problem with them, though, is, is that their relationship is struggling at every single level. That, sure. yes, he does need to be taking care of her. So that was something that he does need to work on. But the, I think Kalani is talking about, like, the romance part of their relationship. And because right. he the needs to work on you make all these different sp- things. The part where you make me feel special and make me feel like I'm a, I'm a uniquely important person to you. Right. That, like, you care about above other things. And, like... And a partner... And a partner, and like, yeah, it, it, it is that there is that thing to it too of, of romance. It has to be like what you have to, what you give for romance is something that's also not necessary. Yes. Like, it's like, yeah, we had to have dinner and I got you pizza. I was like, okay, well, that doesn't count because we need to eat dinner, right? Yeah. But if it's like, yeah. here's this, you know, lovely arrangement, we had dinner, but I set you up this beautiful table with this candlelit table and stuff, where it's like, okay, well, none of that part was necessary. That you just did because I'm right. special to you. That makes yeah. it romance. Or chocolate and strawberries, like, uh, you know, because that's dessert. You don't need dessert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, I mean, he's just such a utilitarian person at all levels, right? <laughs> that Which brings he us is. to the sex talk they had. Yeah. Like, he just he's did very not simple. understand. Anything besides like, but like I put it in there and I finished and what I don't understand. There's I don't understand what you mean beyond that. Same thing with the pizza. He was just like, the needs got met. Well, (laughs) my needs got met is what he says, because I I mean, this is not a I mean, (laughs) this is not a dude who goes down on anyone ever. Right. No, he's he is. He's a very simple person. You know, like everything about him is just very simple. So and it's not like, but it's simple beyond the ways of some people have simple taste, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you know, I, there's other things out there and other things out there. They're not for me. I prefer this. He's just like, what do you mean? Spice up my spice up the sex life. I don't understand what you mean. It's sex. We had sex. That's sex. Like, they're, they're, what else is there? Like, he just, yeah. it's beyond like his even imagining capacity to think of and then she's like what about role plays like that sounds dangerous dangerous <laughs> i don't even know where he came up with that i don't know yeah i have no idea dangerous in the sense like like it's gonna lead to cheating is that what he's kind of thinking for like uh, to think about someone else because maybe then you'll want something else yeah like i think i, I, I that, and you know what I, that kind of does jibe with his whole kind of outlook on life is like mm-hmm. just be happy with what you have and shut up yeah. Like, so why would you fantasize about somebody else? That just that that's going to make you want something else. Why would you want something else? Just like what you have and shut up. Yeah. I think this episode kind of reminds us that Kalani is not happy and she's really just banking on, you know, these changes that she sees like kind of these glimmers of hope that, you mm-hmm. know, well, maybe it could be this way. But you know, making these major decisions is just like bad. He has a fundamental misunderstanding of what she's even talking about, right? And he right, he's okay true. at when he puts in the effort of making kind of doing the window dressing of it, but like mm-hmm. at the core, he doesn't understand. Like he doesn't understand why she's crying. Like, no, he doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't. Not at all. Which is yeah, so sad for her. But yeah, at the same time, like you can't. It's it's difficult for me to feel 
that bad for people who are choosing the situation. At this point, you know? yes. At this point, like pretty much everybody around her will be. Well, apparently, we'll see in the preview. Not her dad. The last is like, season. You know, she was like, "I don't see us being married anymore." She said it several times. But I think she brings up a good point. He doesn't think, no matter how bad it gets, that she'll actually divorce him. Yeah. And but honestly, the impression I've kind of got, even from his mom. Is that, you know, even if they don't divorce, they'll like stay married, but pretty much not act like they're married. Well, right, right. He would like, like, because she, his mom was like it. His mom, he was like, I can't give you money, mom, because I'm taking care of my family. Mom was like, then divorce her. Like, get rid of her. Like, it's not like his mom, like she did that last season, but I think she kind of meant that same thing. Like, it's not an actual divorce. It's a move back to Samoa and like, whatever. Yeah. Then sure. You can't like officially get divorced, but you're de facto divorced. Right, right. All right. Speaking of divorce, let's move to Tiffany and Ronald. Oh, goodness. So at the new at her new apartment, Tiffany and Daniel are trying to furnish things, starting with building a bed frame. Daniel says that the whole thing would be easier if Ronald, who is way stronger than both of them, was there. Mm. Anyway, after they get the whole thing together, Daniel wants to call Ronald to brag about his accomplishments. He does, and he also gives him a grand tour of the place, including Carly's crib and Daniel's untidy room. After that, Tiffany takes over the phone call. Ronald makes some passive-aggressive comments about her buying furniture and a a fight quickly ensues. He thinks that she canceled the tickets to free up money to spend all on herself and her new furniture. She says that she's putting her foot down. The next trip to South Africa needs to be funded by Ronald. He gets mad because this feels a bit like extortion to him. They fight and cry and eventually Ronald says he's making sacrifices too. He got a new place and he's trying to make ends meet. And he also got a new job, a temporary one at least, at the motorcycle shop. She wants to feel proud of him, but she thinks it's a pretty damn low bar to, you know, be kind of pressed over yourself for getting a job in your 30s. And, you know, she shouldn't need to throw a parade for that being the bare minimum that he should be doing. So, okay, so Ronald mentioned he's trying to make ends meet. He got his new apartment. He got a job. And he mentioned all those things as sacrifices that he's making. Do any of those things count as sacrifices for you? No, because they're for him. <laughs> like, what is weird to me, it seems like they're both kind of trying to do the same thing, right? It seems like they're both trying oh, to build yes. a life where they're respectively at for the family. At least that's what they keep on saying. Because yes. as we kind of see in the preview, I think the reason why Ronald is doing all of this is because he's trying to get them all to move over there. And mm-hmm. Tiffany is like setting up her apartment for hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, when Ronald's uh, visa comes through so he can come over there. So I think what the bigger issue is, is that, you know, they're both trying to set up their life, assuming that the other half is going to move to where they are. Now, which is fine for Tiffany because she has the kids, you know, so right. she really is supporting to other people. Ronald, at the end of the day, that shit's just for him. Right. I mean, it, it, I, I see what he's doing, but it's for him because it's for him to use as like a lure to get them to South Africa. Right. Right. That's what that's what he's doing. It's like and it just it is a very fundamental break of like what they're doing with their lives. That they're, yeah. you're right. They're right. They're both like building. They're both nesting. They're both building, getting their life a place and their lives together so that the whole family can live there. And it's like, 
they don't make neither of them make that much money. You can't afford no. to set up two different lives. You have to be working towards the same one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I mean, I don't know. Their their situation is difficult because they are in this weird limbo. They can't really do anything until they hear uh, back from this visa. And Tiffany just doesn't want to move to South Africa. And that's part of the reason why they're waiting for the results of, you know, if this visa is going to go through or not. And then if it doesn't, like Ronald keeps on insisting it's not going to, what are they going to do then? And I think Tiffany is just almost in denial. Like she doesn't want to think about that right now. She doesn't want to think about what are the possible solutions if he gets denied. And I think the reason why she doesn't want to think about that is because she doesn't want to go back to South Africa. Yeah, so I, 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 that's where I kind of think she is. I think she's at the point where she thinks she does have a possible solution. If he gets denied, they're going to get divorced. Like yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he realizes in her mind how much moving the entire family to South Africa is pretty much off the table. And it's yeah. like this is your one shot guy because I don't. He's I, I, I get the impression he's rooting for the visa to get denied. He would rather have an absolute reason that we cannot move in America and you have to come to South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. It, he does not seem like he has an interest to want to move to America, which no. doesn't make sense to me because he can it's barely like make a living there. Yeah. 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 And he talks about all the time about how the American dollar is stronger. So why wouldn't he want to move there? Especially if it's with his family. We're not asking you to move to America by yourself. You know, you're moving sure. to America with your family. Sure. Sure. I mean, I, I just think, and I, I definitely come back to it. I think in, he feels like more of the man of the house and the king of the castle in South Africa yeah. than he would in America. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned that before. Uh, okay. And I would like to say, just as a quick note, you do not need strength to build furniture. Not like that, right? And it's I wouldn't even say build it. Assemble furniture. Strength is no. not necessary. No. I tell you what, the hardest, the hard, the thing you need strength for the most is getting it out of the box. <laughs> I just cut the box completely open. Yeah, I don't do that because I'm strong. So I just like, I really just yank on it and pull it all off, pull it all out. Yeah, me. Um, I just, I open it. So it's almost like, um, uh, you know, like a, a donut box. You just open it on the mm-hmm, one side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Nope. Nope. I just lug everything around. Yeah. So you don't need strength. It is nice being because I can sit on the ground and like use my upper body strength to just like pick one up from over my left. And like I just have them all spread around. I don't have to get up to move them because I can just reach back with one arm and like pick up the whole piece and bring it over here. Yeah. It is nice. Being strong is way better than being weak. I'm not, not, I, I won't fake on that. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying I managed to get by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk Libby and Andre. So Andre's feeling optimistic about his first day of work. Ellie, the baby, tells him bye-bye. And Andre teases Libby about being at home by herself with Ellie. Libby just kind of rolls her eyes and tells Andre in Moldovan to not even worry about it because she has experience with kids, which I was actually pretty impressed that she can speak his language Mm -hmm. a little bit. Andre... Andre working again is a real turn on for Libby because she wants to feel like she's being taken care of. And she shows uh, she knows that Andre is a good worker. Andre continues to be too prideful for this position. And he tells Libby that he hopes Chuck realizes that they are partners and equals and that Chuck doesn't treat him like an employee. Libby just kind of says, well, he hopes that they have it all figured out. 
Andre says that he also hopes that Chuck relays the message to Charlie as he brings up Charlie's half-assed apology to Libby only. Andre says that he got his lunch pack, so now he's ready to be a big fish and help that company grow and multiply. Andre says that this is just a small step in his master plan to make money. Andre meets Chuck at his house to pick him up. Andre teases him about charging him for the ride. Chuck tells us that for today, all he really wants is Andre to just listen and learn and to not butt in with suggestions. Chuck drops a we bomb and Andre is giddy that Chuck views them as a we. Chuck then lays down the rules and says that he needs Andre to listen and learn and how he will need to work with everyone civilly. Andre then asks why he would have to work with everyone when his situation doesn't necessarily involve them. Chuck says to slow his roll and they need to start from the beginning. He says they are so far from being partners in a flip. Andre looks frustrated and says that he sees their role as Chuck being an investor and he's basically another Charlie supervising the remodel. Speaking of Charlie, Chuck tells Andre that Charlie will be meeting them. Andre's okay with that as long as Charlie minds his own business. Chuck says that Andre needs to adjust his attitude and not be so close-minded. Chuck worries out loud that there might be tension and that's the last thing he wants. Andre can't stop saying damn when he sees the property just because he thinks it's in such bad condition. All of a sudden, Becky storms in demanding to know what's going on. Chuck plays dumb and Becky says she heard about this from Libby. Becky is mad because she has a contract uh, about being the family company's listing agent, and it appears that Andre might be in that role. Becky demands to know why Andre is there and she wasn't invited. Andre says because they're going to flip houses together. And Becky asks, flipping or selling because she's the listing agent. Charlie and Chuck both are surprised that Andre thought he was going to list the house. Everyone starts arguing, indistinctly, can't even tell what they're saying. Becky tells us that she has been the nicest to Andre out of all her siblings, giving him the benefit of the doubt. And it ends up that he is just as terrible as everyone said he was. And she is blindingly mad that he's trying to make take money out of her pocket. Andre says he was only here to work with Chuck, not to be a handyman or fix up stuff or take orders from Charlie. Charlie says that this is his property, so what's the point of him being there then? Charlie thinks that he needs to start at the bottom and do the grunt work to contribute. They all break out arguing again, and Chuck attempts to intervene very unsuccessfully, and then he gets frustrated and starts to walk off, but then comes back to say that this is what he was afraid of. Chuck admits that this mess is mostly his fault because he did forget to invite Becky, but it was never his intention to give Andre the listing. Chuck says that he would be paying Andre out of his profits, not out of Charlie or Becky's share. Charlie wonders if Chuck even explained how the family business works because Charlie equally invests with Chuck and he is the project manager and oversees the construction. Becky threatens major problems if Chuck gives the listing to Andre, even though Chuck says that they are getting ahead of, of themselves by thinking about it. All right, so... I think it's pretty clear here that Chuck, through somehow lack of communication, is really kind of the 
I don't know. He could have avoided a lot of this drama that happened. Sure. Maybe sure. not completely because let's be real here. Charlie and uh, Andre still have beef. But right. Um, how? What kinds of things do you think Chuck could have done to avoided this whole situation? This whole blow up. I feel like it would have been better. He needed to make more clear, specifically to Charlie and Becky, like mm-hmm. what Andre's role was going to be when he brought them brought him in, right? Because, and I say he should, Andre should have been more clear as well, but Andre didn't listen to anything he said. Yes, like, that's Chuck true. Was like, Chuck was like, I will bring you in to help out at the property. He's like, so I full partner. And you're like, you're going to have to be working under Charlie. He's like, so I work by myself. And you're like, I'm not saying those things. And you're like talking about this. Like he would just like, he wasn't listening to anything Chuck was saying. Right. No, that's He said we too. meaning like the company and he was like i'm so glad you think we partner and i'm like nah, yeah let's know and he's like oh we're a we now it's just like oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh andre you're only listening to the things you want to hear yes and it's like because because andre had said that and we haven't heard everything that he right. said but you know he said chuck told me this was my job a to z and it was like never at any point did he say that Right. I'm pretty sure he said, we'll walk you through things A to Z, <laughs> not that this yes. is your responsibility and you get full say. You're shadowing A to Z. That said, both of like, like the way Becky handles it right, is is yeah. awful. Just yeah. awful. Like, because she could have been like, it would have been like a text. Hey, dad, are you letting Andre list that house? And he would have texted right. back. No, it's going to be your listing. End of conversation. Like, yeah. right? like it, that that's not a thing. And like the point where Becky was like, I would like he definitely was on board giving Becky this this listing, which is a mm-hmm. whole weird thing. What was the point of if if Becky's taking all the listings and any listing that Becky doesn't get, stay out of the west side, you don't get <laughs> right? Church Andre doesn't get it. what's the point of him getting his real estate license if any listing he gets, Becky is like, You're taking money out of my pocket? Like why was he even doing that? Okay, I question their family business, like how established it is to begin with. Because Becky just got her license with Andre. So, I mean, it's not like no, they've no, been no. doing this. No, 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 she had it before. She had it before and she like helped him oh, through okay. because she, she knew how to do it. it. Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes a little bit more sense. But even Charlie's saying he equally invests in all of this. It's like, since when does Charlie have money? Yeah, I, I, I'm really questioning charlie's 50 50 investing and it doesn't seem so much like a company as much as it seems like single proprietorships that are working together you know what i'm saying yeah who's the rest of his company who's the hr department like who where where, what's going on here right chuck and he's pretty bad at this hr business like look at him trying to intervene it's like that was like the weakest yeah does chuck do all this work and get pick out the house and flip the house and then just hand three percent of it to Becky for putting it on MLS as a listing agent. Like, is this what happens in this company? And like, and then she's bitching about it. And then him and Charlie, like, you know, they get the rest of the profits. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Charlie was also like, I, I, I get sick of Charlie. If he's actually putting 50% of the money into the house, if he actually paid 50% mm-hmm. of that house and then Charlie thinks he's, I mean, Char- Andre thinks he's going to come in and do it. Yeah. I'm totally on board with now. Nah, this is my house. But yeah. I don't know how much what he when he says a 50 50, I have known a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, we bought it 50 50. He put in the money and I did the work. That's 50 50. Like, you right. know, like, yeah, I could see that, too. But I, I thought it was nice of Chuck to be like, oh, you know, to 
for the family, you know, uh, you still get your same share of the money. I will I will pay out Andre. But that was the thing we wondered from the beginning, like what how Andre was he's always been his whole plan was to take money out of their pockets. And there's no other way yeah. around that plan. He either was going to have Chuck invest to be his his competitor or he was going to be doing this and getting the properties that Chuck was otherwise buying and giving to Charlie. Exactly. Like there's there's no way around that. And it seems also and I, I mean it is I kind of would yeah, if I, I wish he was just, I wish Chuck was a little bit richer that he could I'd love to see Andre just try to flip a house. Be like, "Here's the money. Go ahead. You run this crew. Go for it, Chuck. Go for it, Andre. Go for it." Yeah, I want to see you do it. I just, he doesn't have any experience in it. It just None doesn't make at any all. sense to That's me. That's what's mind-boggling. Why would you think you would come in at partner when you literally have never done this before or know, worked so on one at me. all? So bizarre. Yeah. So I get that they're mad that he's entitled about it, but it's just like their way of handling it. Like, and I come back, coming back to Becky at the very end when she was like, if I don't get this listing, there's going to be trouble. And me as a dad, my instinct is like, you were going to get the listing, but now you're not. Andre, right. you want the listing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, right? All right. So now moving on, let's go to, am I only left with Angela and Michael? I am. Oh, no, you have... Jovi and oh, Yara. No, I have Jovi. I'm going to do Angela and Michael first. I do have Jovi and Yara. Yeah. So Angela finally gets to this office for the surgery that she's been like on her way for for like two episodes. God. And apparently they were as ready for this to be over as we are since they just sent her right into pre-op. The doctor stresses how important it is that after the surgery, she follows the protocols. And she says how she mostly followed protocols before the surgery. Dr. Obang, who is doing the breast reduction, um, asks if she talked to Michael about it and offers to speak with Michael over the phone. Dr. Obang knows from experience that many African people see surgery as an option only for life and death situations. They don't really, but they don't really talk about that. Instead, they talk more about how her boobs are going to look if the surgery is over and how hot that will be. The word perky comes up a whole lot of times. Anyway, Dr. Obang is doing his whole marker before the surgery thing and he tells us the riskiest part of the surgery besides, you know, possibly having to remove her tattoo, is deep vein thrombosis. Angela is a little embarrassed uh, that she's mostly thinking about how skinny she's going to be after the surgery, making it clear that I'm not sure she knows how the surgery is going to work. I know. It's like, this isn't liposuction. You're not going to like walk out like 50 pounds lighter or something. Well, I mean, it's at least, what, two pounds lighter. Anyway, now that she's on the table, now she's on the table and she's telling us how she wishes she could have talked to her grandkids before before. She starts being, surprise, surprise, just an overall terrible patient. She bitches about the IV. She doesn't want to keep the oxygen mask the whole time. And she just is complaining and yelling the whole time until she falls asleep. They then show us way more of a surgery than I thought they would in the operating room. After 45 minutes of of moving livers and sleeving stomachs, that part of the surgery is over. So Jojo calls Michael to pass on the update. Everyone is really nervous and Jojo breaks down crying during the interview. Twelve hour, three hours later, sorry, Dr. Obang is finishing up the part where they're doing her boobs and everything's blurred out. He took off two pounds of tissue, one pound from each boob, and the goal is to leave them big and perky. Then they bring up, bring on the dramatic music while they start to start to wake her up from the anesthesia. So I don't, I really am really lost on the scale of these things. How much does a boob usually weigh? Well, he was saying um, she had 10 pounds. Remember when he was medically... Five pounds each. 
No, right. I thought he was saying <laughs> 10 No, per. I thought he said each one weighed five pounds, so it was 10 pounds altogether. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes more yeah. sense. So a 20% reduction then? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, so so a, a, a typical boob, which apparently... Up, up the typical boob is like is it is a d is like a double d now i think like on oh average God, it's crazy that's concerning yeah. okay yeah i'm so far away from that <laughs> i i am i am aware well yeah it definitely goes up with obesity a bit but it also goes sure. up with anyway so yeah it, it's big right but like so say let's go down from that like how much does like a typical c cup like weigh weigh i have no idea i have no I've no gauge on this. I've never put a boob on it. If you did, you couldn't weigh a boob on a scale. I don't know. I need some no, sort of scale as to how no big idea. a five pound boob is compared to other boobs I've seen. Do you? What do you need this Not information really. for, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, did he like take off enough bo- enough tissue to make like good sized boobs for like three other people? What's going on here? I demand to know. Oh I don't my goodness. Like he took out a, <laughs> a, a whole other person's boob. I don't think... Yes. Uh, a one pound boob is gonna do a whole lot right one pound isn't much at all it's it's usually like a stapler right that, that's my that's always been my go-to like what weighs one pound a stapler oh, weighs gosh. one pound right no it's not gonna be and i just i, I just it's just more morbid curiosity more than anything else because he can't keep talking about this pound and i've never like never heard of boobs measured in pounds before and i'm like i don't i'm losing my sense of scale on this and it bothers me yeah, I don't know. Uh, they just feel heavy, I guess, if you try to lift them up. Sure, sure. Five pounds is heavy. Think about a five-pound weight, though, and pick that up. Yeah, because it's like a yeah. five-pound bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. That's That seems really, really – like, that seems way off the charts compared to uh, um, what, what typically yeah, what you typically see. Five pounds? Like, yikes. Anyway. That's a lot. Getting off, getting off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so the thing that bothered me about him is she lied at the beginning of the surgery about they're like, have you been smoking? And she was like, I know, what's no. she doing? Right? And the doctor's like, yeah, we're literally afraid she might die if she smoked this morning. And she's oh like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And well, uh, the part she was like, she was like, I'm afraid they're going to cancel the surgery if I, if I said I smoked. I was like, yeah, they would because it's super goddamn dangerous. Yeah. That's why they canceled the they surgery, should. which is why you shouldn't lie about it. But she's just being crazy, too. When she ripped off her mask and was like, I can't breathe. And Dr. Obang is like, it's literally oxygen. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Obang, oh, man, bless his heart. He's so patient. He's like, oh, yeah, lots of patients don't. You know, I feel like doctors say that to people all the time. Oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Lots of people can't handle the mask. And I'm sure it just left him. It's like, seriously? It was an I oxygen know, mask. Right? It's giving you air, you crazy lady. Yeah. She's like, this isn't this isn't nicotine and tobacco. I can't handle it. No, I need to breathe that in. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize until, uh, you know, this episode, even though we've seen him before, is that his name is literally O-Bang, like O H. Bang, B-A-N-G. Oh, if it was O-B-N-G, B-E-N-G. No, no, but I mean, like, it's like the same, like, O-Bang. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, but she's just, I can't get over how, uh, that she wanted this surgery. And to remember, every time we've seen her in a medical setting, now she does ham it up a lot. But she's just horrible. Like, remember, like, there was the one where she was doing, like, remember she was had to get, like, a, a needle or something. Like, she started screaming and the doctor was like, I didn't put it in yet it's not done anything yet i haven't done anything yet 
<sighs> she is not an ideal patient. No, not I, even I'm a sure bit. there's other people that are like that. You hear that? Like I. I'm a very compliant person in life. And so, like, I'm actually a pretty model patient. Like, I don't sure. really move. Like, if you're doing something, like, you know, I don't I don't make a big deal about pain, even yeah. if it hurts, so the only, you know. The only thing I'm bad about is I will I will I'm I'm bad in that I won't tell you if something hurts to the point where it's mm-hmm. like, no, you have to stop immediately. Like, no, and so it's like, you know, they have no warning. Like, yeah, like I know when the last time I got like uh, last time I had to go get a mole removed, I got lightheaded, but I like didn't want to say I feel like I'm a little lightheaded. Oh. Can I lay down for this? And they were like, do you need to lay down? And I was like, yeah, I'd probably be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Angela, oh, gosh, she's that extreme because I think we're both maybe the same when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, Brandon and Julia. So Julia is back to her animal feeding routine as Betty is running down the checklist. We get another woe is me clip from Julia. She describes herself as a slave for Brandon's parents. She is sure to say that this is not her job. She doesn't get paid for this and she doesn't want this life. She wants to work for a designer or wedding planner. Julia is organizing a portfolio for a meeting with the wedding organizer for a job interview, question mark, or mentoring on how to get a job in the business. She reminds us that Brandon told her that she would have a hard time getting a job because her English is bad, but Julia took time to realize, hey, you know what? My English is not bad. Julia is already thinking about what it would mean for them if she could get a job. They could finally move off the farm. Julia is nervous because she really hasn't gone anywhere without Brandon since she's been there. She meets with Christine, a wedding planner, who doesn't think that this is an interview. She thinks it's a mentoring session. Julia tells Christine her work history, which ends uh, with a current job as a farm girl. Christine says that wedding planners tend to lack the social and personal touch. She quizzes Julia on how she would handle conflict and stress between, you know, a situation between bride and parents. Christine tells us she thinks that Julia is really cute and anxious to get her career started. She thinks that Julia needs to really do her research of the city and of other weddings, and she has a long road ahead of her. Christine tells her that she should work on her English and network with the right people in the industry to get some experience. Julia wonders how she's going to do that while she's stuck on the farm. Later, Brandon is playing video games while Julia is doing dishes. She calls to him from the kitchen and he doesn't hear her. She goes to get him and she is annoyed that he's playing games. They bicker over what they have to do for work. Julia is once again feeling like Brandon doesn't care about her as he's still playing his game while trying to talk to her. He asks her how her meeting went. Julia tells him that she is to- she's been told that she needs to practice her English and uh, needs to make friends for networking. Brandon says if she needs friends, she can start with his, and he suggests that she meets his high school friend, Melanie, who lives nearby. They bicker whether or not he's ever mentioned Melanie before to Julia or not. Julia concludes that she must not be important if she doesn't remember her name. Julia is trying to get to the bottom of their feelings for each other, Melanie and Brandon, and Brandon says they're like brother and sister. This is the first time he's really seeing her jealous side. Julia says she doesn't trust women because they are sneaky, so it's not good if men are friends with women. Julia doesn't want to meet Melanie and hearing about Brandon's past. 
Julia's getting worked up and Brandon says that he's just trying to help her with friends since she's feeling lonely. Julia says she wants new friends and Brandon says, fine, she can just stay here and he'll go out and meet his friends. Julia says she will meet with Melanie, not because she wants to meet her, but because she doesn't trust her with Brandon. All right, so there was kind of weird, you know, storyline starting here, like Julia being jealous that we've jealous never Julia. heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, jealous Julia. Uh, so how does Julia intend to make friends if she's not going to take advantage of, you know, being friends or befriending Brandon's friends? Uh, that's a good question. Is that That's part of the reason I feel like she wants to get off the farm so bad. It's yeah. like, let me get to a city where I can like, go to a bar or like just hang out places and like meet people. Yeah, but even then it's pandemic times, you know, and like, and are you really going to go to a bar to meet friends? I think it's a little different for guys because Julie I will would. say my, yeah, I would say in my experience that I have seen guys like randomly befriend each other at bars, you know, like I've seen it happen all the time. I But those are always people that I definitely have done that as a guy like go uh-huh. and i'll like start talking to like the guy will, will hit it off and we'll just be like and then we'll leave the bar and i won't know his phone number and i won't even know his name and i'm like that was a fun guy and <laughs> yeah like, but you like <laughs> talk to them for that day sure sure yeah just for that day but right just for that i don't day. think you see women doing that it, that's not a common thing i can't say that i have ever gone to a bar and randomly made friends with a woman i don't think that's ever happened to me now, made friends sure. with a woman who happened to be there with a friend of uh, someone in my group or, you know, like, you know, my group met up with another group and, you know, somehow was weirdly connected. Um, but I've never made friends with a random. I think she would be OK if they did if they did that with Brandon's friends. If it, like when we mm-hmm. went with Brandon's guy friends and their significant others and I hit it off with them. The fact that the friend was the girl was yeah. the part that like set her off. I mean, yeah, that yes and no, because it seemed like her rant changed out of jealousy mode about halfway through because it was hard yeah. to follow. Um, and it changed from being, oh, I'm jealous. Why have I heard about this girl? You have this friend who's a girl. Did anything ever happen? I don't think guys can be friends with girls, blah, 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 right. blah, all that stuff. But then it changed into this is a friend from high school. You're just going to be talking about a bunch of shit that I don't remember and I wasn't there for and it's going to be boring yeah. as hell. Yeah, but I don't trust her. So I'm going to go. Yeah, which would also be, you know, a problem with your with his guy friends. But I guess if the guy friends had other had significant others, she could go be involved in the conversation with them where they're not talking about, you know, Mr. Rupert's third period class. Right. But I don't think she would care about going if it was a bunch of dudes. She'd be like, oh, you go hang out with your friends. I'm, well, I'm not saying it would go. need to be it would need to be like a couple's thing. Yeah. Like so. But I don't know. They're pretty. They're kind of young. I don't know. But I doubt that a ton of Brendan's friends are married or even like you know, looking for people. But the other way she could get a, get friends is uh, someplace people actually do make friends a lot is as a job, which she can't get. Yeah. You know, actually, another uh, place to meet friends. I know people go on there for various intentions, um, but like meetup.com. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I know I have friends that have gone on there to meet up with like legitimately just trying to meet other people. And then I have some other people that are trying to meet other people to like date Right. So, you know, hoping that. Yeah, I've, I've totally I've totally done some some of the meetup stuff myself. And it, you definitely get a good mix of both. Yes. That is like flirt with it. I mean, flirt with everybody who's here. You're, you're like, oh, who's single? Oh, let me talk to this person. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's not all like that. Sometimes you get couples and things like that. It's not. There's a lot of couples there, and there's a lot of. Uh, I I I end up doing a lot of um, like I talked about with the bar thing, having that person that I just talk to the whole time I'm there, and then are like, all right, peace. <laughs> like it's because sometimes you just want to talk to new people, but like again, haven't so, met your future best friend that way. Haven't met my future best friend that way. Um, <laughs> so, but like. But yeah, because I was really I was really confused about. I mentioned the job thing because I was very confused about that not interview she didn't have. Yeah, because at first she said it was an interview, but then she was talking about what she was going to do while she was meeting, and so I was yes. like, that doesn't sound like an interview. That sounds like a mentoring session. And then when Christine right. was talking about it, she very clearly was like, oh well, I'm just here to help her figure out right. what she needs to do. And Which also, she like, doesn't have a green ugh. card yet, so it's like she can't get a job. So how is that yeah, even realistic fair. as an interview? That's fair. So it was like, and, and her advice was mad because I I get it because part of me was like, you're telling her to do a bunch of stuff that it's like, you know, how would I be able to do any of that stuff? Maybe working here would allow me to do some of those things. Like, I don't know how you would do any of the things she had mentioned. Like, she's like, oh, you just need to be around rich men and be around the wedding scene. Is she just supposed to crash weddings? Like, if she's working underneath. Yeah, is she supposed to crash weddings and be like, oh, I'm just here because I'm a budding wedding designer, wedding planner. And I just want like, how do you get to know the wedding scene if you don't get, you know, work, if you're not working under or with, like, a wedding planner. I don't. I don't know how that works. Because the Rolodex is like the golden yeah. ticket, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it. All, that's what it all is. And so I don't know. It just seemed like it just seemed like her saying a lot of things that would be like that were like, well, if you worked here, this would be you would be really getting your foot in the door. Well, what I could see maybe Julia thinking, and maybe she just didn't express this, um, you know, very well is. Maybe like, oh, well, can I just work with you? Not for money, but like almost like be an intern. So then yes. that would be a way for me to get experience sure. without getting paid, you know. So right. maybe that's right. what she was thinking of. And then, you know, Christine's kind of like, well, you know, it's not a real job. Plus, I don't know what kind of if you could even get in trouble for things like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's tricky because I know that in, it, it's not tricky because paid, so. They're not getting paid, so you probably wouldn't run across any that fun. But you do run across problems if you – I know it's usually for school credit. If you call something an internship and you have someone an internship Mm -hmm. and they do work for you that you would otherwise have to pay someone for, then that's illegal. Like if you have – you know, if you have an internship at a company, they're not supposed to ask you to file papers or make copies or anything like that because that's a job, right? If they want to have you say, hey, here's – you know, because we're computer science. If you want to have, hey, here's some code. Do you want to take a crack at this problem we're trying to solve? Whereas they're actually just solving it and doing it on their own and they're not going to use your code at all. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, you can do that, right? So you can train and we can show you, oh, this is the kind of project you would see. Why don't you work on that? Yeah. And like, But they're never going to use your work. That's what you're supposed to be doing in an internship. But, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how it was going to work. Um, but, ugh, I don't know. She just was getting more annoying not that brandon is better with his video game playing. no that was so annoying especially when he did that super annoying guy thing because he knew he was in trouble what are you doing nothing like you're holding a video game control in your hand just say you were playing call of duty or whatever just and what's even more ridiculous is that you could see because she was facing him and he was uh, facing the television like you could see that he was still playing it while she was talking because you could see her like when they, you know, had the camera on her, 
the stuff was moving in the background. So he wasn't even pausing it. Like, and mm-hmm. he was just, you know, trying to pretend that he was making eye contact with her while trying to play the game, too. Yeah. Just, just position like, oh yourself to like convincingly be looking at you. Yeah. It's just like, just put it down. How hard is it to put it down for like, what, 20 minutes to have this conversation with her? Okay. To be, it depends. It also depends on whether, what he was doing. If he's playing something like online, mm-hmm. then no, the game is going on. I just got killed three times because you're talking to me. Now, if you say, hey, I'm, hey I'd like to talk to you. And then like after the next round, say, all right, wait, wait till this round will be over in three minutes and then put it down for a while. That's another thing. But like, I don't know I try to be, I try to be cognizant of that with my, with my, my kids. I like give them a five minute warning. I'm like, I'm going to need you in five minutes. So whatever you're doing in the video game. Like, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Oh, goodness. All right. So speaking of wrapping things up. Yeah. Jo- jo- Jovi and Yara with the baby, which kind of wasn't wrapped, actually. Yes. No. Right. Anyway, since he is leaving to go out of the country soon and they've been cooped up for so long, Jovi's big plan is taking his infant child to a restaurant during COVID. <laughs> but at least they're outside, I guess. Yara tries to let Mila sit in the stroller while they have some time just for them. But it only lasts about five minutes before she has to feed her. Jovia is upset that they're not doing anything for their relationship, even though he understands why sex is off the table. He wants to get back out there, you know, out there, like, because, you know, maybe even go on a honeymoon they missed. Yara says that she wants to do that, but it needs to be at least six months before she'd be able to leave. It looks like Yara is spending her entire dinner worrying about Mila's comfort. But Jovi just wants her to relax a little bit. Eventually, she decides she doesn't like the sun situation, so Jovi has to toke down his crab legs as fast as he can, and in an interview, calls her a control freak and says she can't keep the baby in a bubble all the time. Later, though, Yara is putting on makeup, and Jovi is eating what's left of his cookies as he tries to clean, as she tries to clean the apartment with one hand, the baby being the other hand, Jovi takes the kid from a reluctant Yara. She tells him how to hold the baby... And Jovi is starting to get frustrated that Yara isn't giving him the space to parent his own way. He worries that this will impact their marriage if he can't figure out things his way. He says that his parents got divorced when he was young and he doesn't want the same thing for Myla. He even starts to push back against Yara, telling her that she needs to give him some space to figure things out and not worry about Myla 24-7. That if she does, she's going to burn herself out and she'll never fig- and he'll never figure out how he's going to do his part. All right, so they kind of had this, you know, discussion over the baby and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, who are you on? You got Team Team Yara or Team Jovi on that one? So I personally, and I will preface this by saying that I am not a mother. I, you know, have not experienced this. But it personally, also, I'm like Team Jovi because it makes me so anxious when I see other like moms, especially new moms, be like Yara, where they are fussing over the baby over every little thing and like trying to control every little detail. Once again, not a mother. I, you know, I, I have never experienced that kind of like worry and anxiety over something. But I can say that it kind of takes a lot you know, to really, like, mess up a child, you know, yeah. in this kind of situation. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so the kid's a little too hot or a little too sure. cold, you know, things yeah. like that. It's not going to kill the kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, there were other things where it's just like she worried so much about other things that it was just like, just based on how they were dressed, why is this poor kid wearing a hat and socks? Like, to me, it's kind of like, 
you're fussing about this one thing and like ignoring other things and you're just being a control freak and it just makes me anxious the way that you're just like okay i just need to hold her and just like have her constantly there it's like what do you think is going to happen to her in the stroller she's fine yeah she's fine she's fine i mean i so you're not a mother but i am a father right yes and so i definitely definitely get jovi's frustration and so i was mm-hmm. i was team jovi because it was like i you, you can't know you're holding her wrong. Let me figure right. that out. One yeah. time she almost slid out of you. She didn't slide out of my arms. Like, yes. yeah, she started crying. So I'll figure that out. Like you have, ha- like it goes back to last episode where he was trying to change or whatever. She's like, no, let me do it. Yeah. And he's like, no, because if, if, if you're the only one who does it, then you're the only one who can do it. And you're going to do it for the next five years. Right. Like you have, you, like you have to let somebody else have the space. Right. And, 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 and she just won't do the thing. I mean, it's a little bit easier because it's hard when you see somebody doing something wrong. And you just want to, yeah. yeah, no, and you just want to be like, no, 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 you're, uh, you're. it's, um, you know, it's similar to I had, I had a student that was working on a, they were screen sharing with me today, and they were working on something, and I was like, you need to stop screen sharing because if I watch you do it, I'm gonna want to correct like everything you do wrong as soon as you do it <laughs> wrong, and that's not, you're not gonna, that's not gonna be good. You have to figure it out and like work and work through it, and they go, right, oh man, sure. that didn't work. I gotta go back and change this, right, and not have me say it all the time. And yeah. it's the, th- the same thing. Like, so you, she really needs to be like, here's the baby. I'm leaving the room. And she's at the point where she, I don't think she can leave the room. Oh, no, she can't. And she also seems to think that somehow just by carrying a baby, it somehow makes you a parenting expert. I know how the baby feels. I know that, you know, that this is what she needs. It's like, I don't think that that's true. It's not true at all. You have no idea what no. the hell you're doing. Like, absolutely not. And, 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 and thankfully, you know, the, the mother of my children was like, was, was not like that. She was like, I'm kind of making this up as I go along too. Like, I'm just, I'm taking my best crack at this. Right. And it was, and, and you need to, and you need, but you need to acknowledge that. And you need to acknowledge yes. that you And I don't, don't think she is. No. And she doesn't. She, she definitely right. thinks I carried this child. This child was inside of me. Therefore, I know things about this child that you couldn't possibly know. It's like, no, I don't think that's, that's how it works. Okay. I have to point out production was totally trolling us at one point. So do you remember that part where uh, Jovi picked up the baby, Mila, and then all of a sudden Mila starts crying? And sure. then they're like, oh, you know what happened, blah, blah, blah. And then they give her back to Yara and it's and Mila stops crying. And they're like, no, that can't be it. They give it to Jovi. It starts crying again. And then they give it back to Yara and then she stops crying. OK, I believe the first thing happened. That's true because they actually said it. But then the last thing when they handed Mila off to Yara the you baby was still the baby crying? crying. They just muted it out because you could see that her mouth was yeah. open. Because <laughs> they were trying to make it seem like, oh, uh, you know, the baby doesn't cry when she's with Yara, only with Jovi. I do think switching the baby back and forth did make her cry when she was with Jovi. Right. And so Jovi's yes. like, why is she crying now? And then hands her back to jo- Yara. But then she was still crying. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it just he he's he's 100 percent right. And he's just got to figure it out. And that. That crying thing happens both ways. Yeah, like, and yeah. they, they caught it happening that way, but it happens all the time. Like it, it, it both both ways. It's not like always the mother makes the baby not cry. That's not no, not at all. Because it's something that yeah. like baby's crying. And like maybe somebody else should try to hold it. Like that. That's that's it. That's it takes it takes a lot of people, and put it down. Like right. she doesn't have to hold the baby all the time. The dumb yes. number of times like oh my God. That, that's that, exhausting that bothers, for that bothers you. me as a person. It's exhausting for you. The baby was not crying. Why did you pick it up? 
Right. Like, why, and why did you pick it up? the baby's just going to get bigger, so you can't always do that. Yeah. I, I do remember my, my aunt when my cousin was really young. She was like, I have like this weird, like, I don't know, it's something that's wrong with my arm, yeah. thing in my arm. And they were like, that's a muscle. You're picking up a baby all the time. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I got the same thing um, when I was in high school. Uh, you know, it wasn't even mine, but someone else had, you know, those uh, rice sack babies or whatever. Oh, sure, and sure, then, sure, yeah. And uh, I was uh, on the track team and uh, I had to hold the baby, I think, because I was like injured or something like that. So I wasn't even supposed to be running. So she asked me to hold her rice sack baby. So I think I was holding this thing for like over an hour and my arm was <laughs> all like, you know, stuck in this like bent position and it was all yeah, sore. Yeah. Like stupid rice baby. Yeah, um, I did that with weights, but yeah, not a rice baby, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bag of rice. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this is the first time I heard Jovi say that his parents are divorced. They always yeah. seemed like they were married. Yeah, or I mean, are hmm, or are we sure that that's his biological father, or is oh. it somebody that, or is Monty just somebody that raised him? And he calls, he considers him his dad, but that's not his, that's not his biological dad. I okay, wonder. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, I think that was it. That's all yeah. of them. We still have not heard from Cheese Stick. Yeah, I almost get the feeling like one of our, okay, like kind of like they did for um, the last Love After Lockup or Life mm-hmm. After Lockup one, where one of the couples burned out early and they brought in another couple like to take their place. I almost feel like we might be heading down that road. Oh, like somebody might not be on the show then? the whole time. Oh, I mean, my money's on, if I'm looking for who's burning out early, it's either Tiffany Mike Ronald or, yeah, Mike and Natalie could burn out early. I could see that. Possibly Kalani Nasuelu, if she just finally pulls the trigger on it. Yeah, I was going to say Michael and Angela in a way, but, you know, I don't know. Because what yeah, do you really have after going, the surgery? I mean, well, the thing about this one is it's, it's he's not there. It's a it's a bad story because it's just, it's like my weight yeah. loss journey now. It's like, it's it's not even like about But at the same you know, time, they care about stuff. that. They think Angela is a moneymaker, so, you know, or an audience grabber yeah i guess i don't know it's i guess maybe tiffany and ronald because they're you know they're if they find out some bad news also also not together yeah who knows yeah Yeah. all right so uh how about your student of the week uh i'm with jovi again because it was it was slim pickings (laughs) who knew he was making good points he was he he was. was right like for yeah for for Basically everything. I mean, the way he goes about it sometimes like isn't as tactful as it could be, but his his points were right. You know, I have to say that maybe it's sober Jovi speaking, but he's actually a pretty reasonable person. You yeah. know, and no, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, he voiced very legitimate concerns. And I think that it made him look even better that Yara was pretty dismissive with things that he brought up and instead mm-hmm. kept on trying to, you know, bring up the past or something to somehow validate what she was doing currently. It, yeah, it's, it's super, I mean, it's super dismissive and like kind of bullshit to, for a father to be like, well, I'm going to try to learn how to take care of my kid. And she's like, you know nothing. You can't do it. That's not for you. It's yeah. mother, only mothers can know. And it's like, right. ah, that's that, I don't like that. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, Jovi, I don't even think they were intentionally trying to do an image rehabilitation this season, but No, I don't yeah. think so either. But yeah, so far but so good. It's it's happening. It's happening for him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what about your dunce? Uh I want this way, Lou. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, just it, it's because I, 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 I really backed up with what Kalani had said um in terms of like I try to have a conversation with you and then like who knows? I'm going to – I said the word brother and that blew up the whole goddamn conversation know, and we had right? to stop talking because I said my brother. And like – and who could have predicted that that was going to be the thing? And it's like so unstable and disorienting to have to argue with – or have a discussion with somebody who you never know which random comment – and it wasn't even a reasonable comment. Like he completely missed the point of yeah. what she was saying yeah. and like and like clearly he doesn't like her brother for whatever reason i, I don't know um, family because i think he doesn't yeah. like anytime she brings up her family yeah so it, it it's i mean it just that doesn't work it, he's just yeah he doesn't yeah and he's and we talked about how dense he is so just i went this way <laughs> I went with Mike because I told you before, like when I was, it was angering enough for me to text you in the middle of the show, Mr. O, but Mm -hmm. uh, Mike from Mike and Natalie, I was just really frustrated with his whole attitude about, I did nothing wrong. You always have to be the one to apologize and you should be so lucky if I actually forgive you. Like that Mm -hmm. whole attitude, it's like, oh my gosh, you deserve to be the worst. Yeah, he is. He is very entitled about it. He's like, you need to earn my love and respect. And yeah, yeah, that's. You and it doesn't matter what it. I do. Even even if I do something that's a little wrong, it's never going to be as wrong as you. So I never right. have to apologize. And you always have the to wrong apologize. thing that I did only happened because the wrong thing that you did was so you, egregious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate that guy. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So um, I know you're talking to the doctor and everything and he's trying to get your concerns. But if somebody asks you what your favorite part of something is. Oh, God. This is a breast bad is question. Only the, breast is only the right answer if you're talking about a chicken. Like, <laughs> and even then it's questionable. But like especially your partner. If somebody says, what's the favorite thing about your partner? And you'd be like. Oh, Mr. Obey. Her breasts. Oh. Like, no, don't. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't. Their winning personality. That's you're probably yes. even if they say that. even if they say because he specifically said her body. The correct yeah. answer is something of her eyes, her pretty smile, like mm. some of her face, like all of those things. Something that she like that speaks to her personality, that displays her personality. Right. Not like the windows like of the big, soul. Yeah, I like her big titties. Like no, yeah. that's no. <laughs> yeah, that is very objectifying. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. All right. My life lesson really is inspired by family Libby. Even with family, I think you just need to put everything in writing so the expectations are clear. I think that Chuck could have avoided a lot of what happened if he put things in writing for Andre, what his job functions were, what he was going to get out of it, how he was going to contribute you know, what his responsibilities were, what his working yeah. relationships were. It's like, it's almost like you just need a contract. And so that way you could say in writing, right. you, if you have him sign it, you know, you could show it to Charlie and Becky to show like, no, here's, you know, what we agreed to, 
you know, and right. everybody would be on the same page. But I think with family and friends, even you're very like loose about things like this is where you get situations where someone moves in with you, you know, mm-hmm. and the expectation isn't quite clear of when they are like supposed to be moving out or how long this is for, you know, right. and I know you don't want to put things in writing because it makes you look like it you're not seems trusting. Weirdly, like, formal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like you don't trust your family or your friends, you know. But right. I mean, I've seen some pretty crappy situations, uh, you know, just in your lifetime, and I'm sure you have too, of you know, people just not being on the same page. And it's like, unfortunately, like, I mean, my parents told me very early on, they're like, just get everything in writing, you know? And I think that's it, that is a good lesson, especially with this crazy ass family. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely because you run the risk of some people thinking you're like, I don't know, We, I think we've all also met people that like, you know, you go out to dinner and they bust out the calculator and they're like, all right, oh, well, you've got yes. this and this and this, yeah. and I only got this and like, just... Everybody put in your put in your put in your forty right, bucks and let's right. go. Like, come on, man. Yeah. But you know, because those are the things you don't want to. But in the terms of this, when it's like literally your livelihood and it's already caused multiple fights, right? About how this mm-hmm. is going to go down, then yes, it needs to be it needs to be explicitly clear to everybody what the expectations yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. They actually need a contract for Andre. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, so that about wraps up uh, our HEA uh, for this week, and so we will be back next week. Anything else that I'm missing? I don't think that. I don't think so. We, we're putting our because our classics are on hold until next month. Well, not next month. Next month we're doing Love After Lockups coming back. So. Oh yeah! Hey. Did you also hear they're doing a couple more uh, spinoffs with on Discovery Plus? What? What? Which I did not hear those. Oh gosh, I, I can't remember. But they're coming out with two new spinoffs, and I, ugh, it's it's almost to the point where I feel that maybe we should cover it. But then at the same time, it's just too much. It's getting to I don't know how anyone covers all of the spinoffs and all of the new content that comes out unless this is what they do for their unless real job. Unless they don't have, unless, unless this is their job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless yeah. this is their job. I, I just don't see how it's just, just to even watch all that stuff is like just a part time job. Yeah, it is for real. <laughs> yeah. So we will be back with just HEA um, yes. and we'll see you all next week. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.